$20 bill up and break it into four or five, so you had your night paid right there. Because that's a $5 bill on the stage for one girl, that's a tip to your server, and that's a tip to your lap dance. People are always going to want to pay for sexual services or sexual entertainment. Shut up and sit down. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Microlink Podcast. I'm your host, Yusuf Habib, and today we're going to be talking about the Vancouver sex industry. Namely, what's life been like for strippers in this city? So we spoke to a couple strippers working in Vancouver clubs to hear their take on what it's like to work in the Vancouver sex scene. I first spoke to Portia, who's been stripping full-time for the past 10 years, and she works at a lot of different clubs around the city. Here she is on how strip clubs have changed over the years. The nature of strip clubs are changing where there's more female customers, there's younger customers, people go to strip clubs to like hang out and party with their friends, which is good because there's less stigma and people are coming out enjoying themselves. There's less taboo around it. But on the flip side, people aren't coming explicitly to spend money. They're coming to hang out and drink and party with their friends. So there's a downside to that. Girls look at stripping and sex work as like easy money. And and because it is more normalized now through media, they're like, oh yeah, like that looks so much fun. Like I could do that. And it is really fun. And sometimes it is easy, but it is also a really hard industry, and that is never shown. Next, let's hear from Demi, who began stripping in Alberta, but then moved to Vancouver after the pandemic started. We did the interview at the strip club, so apologies in advance for the loud music. Here she is. I started um, as a go-go dancer. I started dancing in Alberta. Okay. Um, in Alberta, it's very different from BC stripping-wise. Every province has their own laws for exotic dancing. So in Alberta, there's absolutely no contact. I'm not even allowed to sit on someone's lap. They're not allowed to touch me. I basically hover over people during lap dances. Um, I have to get an exotic dancer's license from the city hall in Alberta, or depending on the city that you're in, to even be allowed to take my underwear off on stage. And so for the first few months, I was just a go-go dancer, which I just danced on like a little side pole at a VIP section. Fell in love with it, started stripping. But three months after I got my license, COVID hit, locked everything down for three, four months. So that's when I actually started at OnlyFans. I became an online sex worker. And you have to maintain it all day, every day. You have to always be responsible. So it became very grueling and I very quickly was like, when the clubs open back up, I will not be doing this full time anymore. Um, and so when they did open back up three months in, I think it was June that they finally opened back up. I started stripping full time. I love it. It's great. Definitely has been different. In BC, there's so much more money to be made because it's a contact province because there's more freedom and, um, and a totally different vibe than Alberta. And so what about money? Uh, We all know stage girls rely on tips and private dances uh, for the bulk of their earnings, but I wondered how COVID has affected their income. Here's Demi on that. I know a lot of girls that do this full time, but they also have like a little bit of other sex work side hustles, like a lot of girls who do escorting on their own, their own independent work. Because when you work in the club, it's good money and it's a safe environment, but you give about 40% of your money to the club. Like I, I get paid per show, but also, say I get paid $75 per show that I do. At least 
probably 10 to 15 of that goes to the club as a house fee. Another 10 to 15 of that goes to my agency for booking me. And at the end of the day, I only really make like $39, $40 per show. And so a lot of people don't understand, especially right now with COVID, that we're not just like money hungry and trying to like empty your wallets. People, it's like serving. People don't understand that actually I don't keep all the money that you give to me. A lot of this money goes to the establishment, goes to pay the bouncers, pays the bartenders, pays, you know, like tips out the people that take care of me. Then I asked Portia if strippers are able to support themselves with only this job. Here she is. I think so, yeah. It's been my only job for the past, like, 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, but I know lots of other girls that supplement their income with other jobs, um, either because they want to keep their foot in the door for, like, that career path or to have, like, a paper trail on their resume or because they were worried they wouldn't make enough money, maybe they weren't making enough money. It's so individual that, like, mm. you can go in on a night and and have a really shitty night and make, like, next to no money, and your best friend can, like, pay her rent for the next three months. Like, so, and a lot of people don't like that uncertainty. Mm. Like, and definitely when I first got into it, I I kept my job for the first year, I think, because that uncertainty, it's like, okay, well... Yes, I can make money, but then sometimes I don't. So I don't know if I'm ready to like take that risk. So, but I think, yeah, you can, you can definitely have a year uh, sole income. What about COVID? How has the pandemic affected sex workers? I know a lot of girls that quit entirely. Um, either they already had a second job that they transitioned to full time or they were in school, which they just finished and then went into that new career path or went chose a new career path entirely. Some girls went into online work. Um, some started doing private parties. Some had to start doing full service. Um, it just depends. Some just moved, left the city. Others were able to stay in the city and live off of CERB. Um, yeah, I think it was just a really individual decision based on like savings, income, interest, and and other like career options as well. But when I'm booked here through my agency, I'm here for seven straight days, 13 hour days every day. I do about between 40 to 44 shows in a week. So that's during COVID. The bulk of your work is during, yeah. but during COVID. Yeah, and it's been like because I'm fortunate that because I'm a stage girl, um, I get booked in clubs. So I get paid to be on stage and paid to be there. Where if you're not a stage girl, like the girls that just walk around and sell VIP lap dances, they're independent contractors and they're just here and they have to pay to be here. They pay a floor fee to get to work here and sell lap dances. And definitely VIP life has been a little bit more challenging because there's now an influx of new girls coming to stripping now that the clubs are opening back up in the industry. And I think a lot of those girls are from OnlyFans, our escorts, but have never worked in a strip club. But now that there's another stream of income available to sex workers in the city, it's like you, you should have seen this club in like just this last June when they reopened back up. They'd have like 30 VIP girls and then five stage girls and half of these VIP girls have never worked a day in a strip club in their life, but, but they ought to make that money, you know, and COVID's hard, so. 
So March 2020, when the first lockdown started, the BC Center for Disease Control and the Ministry of Health released a COVID guide for sex workers. But apart from that, some strippers aren't too happy with the response from the government. Part of the problem with like reopening and getting shut down and trying to like do like figure out what was applying to us is because sometimes we're considered live entertainment venues other times we're considered a nightclub or like or a pub like it just like there is no kind of clear definition um and that's with that's not like the strip club's fault that's um not zoning but like that would be like a municipality kind of the ruling and it's never really clear so yeah like the the reason why there's a few clubs open now is because if you serve food then you're not a nightclub so um anything any bar that serves food was allowed to stay open i personally feel that the like serb and the crb payments were enough to help us like i can only speak for myself and like what my bill payments are but i also had good savings um that i that i definitely had to rely on especially in the beginning but yeah i think initially it was good the most recent closures or i guess my my biggest criticism is the like not giving anyone any notice like when they shut down all the new year's eve parties or when they shut down uh there was another holiday where something happened and all of these not just bars but restaurants had like pre-ordered food mm-hmm. thinking i think it was like thanksgiving or something so lots of the decisions came really last minute and without any consultation of thinking these businesses have already been really hit now they've like sold tickets for new year's eve and all of a sudden we're just gonna say no you can't do that anymore like it's just not it wasn't very thoughtful like it just felt very callous like well we don't care you can't just like make these snap decisions like in november you should have been thinking about new year's eve like there's no reason why that decision shouldn't have been on the table and, and you know giving people a heads up rather than just shutting things down and leaving a lot of like then leaving the owners on the hook too right who have had to pay rent like a lot of businesses and bars that shut down they're still paying rent the whole time there's still a huge stigma surrounding this line of work here's Portia talking about the way the media sometimes negatively portrays the sex scene so when we opened up again in june like the first time we opened up after the initial lockdown um there was a person that went to brandy's um who who then tested positive and the way that the media covered it was just so like it was not fair at all like they the way that they covered it was like so oh my god obviously this person like obviously this would happen at a strip club like who would even go to a strip club during covid and like really blaming the club and the industry when actually this person flew from toronto that tested positive and also he was here for three days as if brandy's is the only bar he went to right like what he just got off an airplane 
went straight there and that's it went to his hotel like but that was the only club that was talked about so it was like the way that they spun it was pretty fucked i felt like also there was lots of bars that were having people test positive like it was the beginning of a pandemic but the coverage was not the same for those bars and the comments like if you go in and look at the news articles and then read the comments was just really discouraging to see people mm. like talking really negatively like obviously people are going to be catching covid at a strip club like mm. da 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 like when actually nobody caught covid from a strip club like we were so because we knew like the industry knew it was going to be under so much more scrutiny we went to such extra measures like spent so much money on like all that plexiglass all over the stage everything hand sanitizer like we didn't want our customers to get sick or our girls and so yeah to then have people just kind of be like that's so ridiculous obviously people are gonna get sick when that's not even true that was really frustrating i'll leave you guys with some final thoughts from porsche and demi here they are and when you come to the club, tip your servers, tip your VIP girls, and all it takes, go, go to the club, take a $20 bill out and break it into four or five, so you have your night paid right there. Because that's a $5 bill on the stage for one girl, that's a tip to your server, and that's a tip to your lap dance. And that's, you've already been better than 75% of the people that sit in a club and love to loiter and enjoy a good free show, you know? I do consider stripping to be, like, amazing creative performance and art especially and we're lucky enough that we're in the industry where that has been able to thrive and sex workers are pretty resilient we can find work anywhere and people are always going to want to pay for sexual services or sexual entertainment all right guys that's all the time we've got for today i'd like to thank my guests portia and demi for taking the time to talk to us and thank you so much for tuning in I'm Yusuf Habib. Join us next time on Microlink. Bye. Shut up and sit down.